Alright girls and boys, the pairings are done and the rounds are up. C4 Squad presents the Rounds Are Up podcast, an AMG-focused podcast to get you gaming, chatting, learning, hanging out, and perhaps even hosting some awesome rounds of Legion, Armada, X-Wing, Marvel, Crisis Protocol, and more. I am Pablo, your host today. I am super psyched to be here. Episode one with the team, the dream, the man as part of that, Curtis, my mate. Hey, fellas, how are we all going? Uh, Real excited to start talking about some of this X-Wing that happened on the weekend. Just as keen to get into some Imperial March. And let's talk a little bit about lifting my ranking a tad in the hopefully very near future that is true that's fundamentally true and i think someone who could potentially potentially i'm saying help with that i'm not saying it's guaranteed adam brown here how you going uh i'm definitely gonna be help you lift your rank in the elo tables curtis considering you're at the bottom of it so i think any sort of help we can we can do there is gonna is gonna be beneficial for you i'm really happy to be here as well pablo thank you very much for introducing me today uh yeah thank you yeah look the bottom is a starting point for all of us i am not even on that table yet so i think it's a perfect place curtis the worst thing's going to be if someone joins that table and now I drop one more spot, it's going to be worse for all the guys mentoring me. All right, so just at the top here, I just wanted to talk about who we are as C4 Squad and what this podcast is going to be all about. So we are a AMG community based up on the central coast of New South Wales, Australia. But that doesn't mean that that's where all of our uh, players live they're like all over the world we've got some we've got a guy over in spain who who's a c4 member and we've got guys all over australia who who play with us um we run community events with a real big focus on that community feeling the fun events you know the, those one day quicker events that are just all about having a bit of fun some great little prizes and just getting together and, and enjoying each other's company we have a super active discord as well with games nearly every single night, especially for Legion. Uh, and we have even had some MCP games happen recently, and I'm sure there'll be some Shatterpoint stuff as well. Check out our Facebook page, which is Star Wars Tabletop Gaming on the Central Coast uh, to find out more about our C4 events. Yeah, playing our friend in Spain, Nuestro Amigo Español, for all our Spanish speakers out there, is amazing. Like, I personally am struggling with any number of games but i can always put to an excuse that i'm playing in spanish so you know that's why i lose that's why it's not going so well i don't blame the dice i blame the language barrier which i'm helping to propagate absolutely so, yeah but i do want to let everyone know what we got going on today we're going to talk about some of the events we've got coming up we're going to get on to some news that's coming through from our friends at amg and I call them friends because at some point or other they will be our friends, obviously. They will they will reach out to <laughs> us and support us and recognize our position in the Australian community. And obviously talk about some listener questions 
and that sweet, sweet Curtis segment around ELO, which will explain what that means for all of you who do not know. But before we do that, before we get into the meat, some plugs, because, you know, we've got to get the bills paid. Um, want to flex a bit first off with our sold-out April and March events. Legion is going strong. The team is supporting the community. The community is supporting us, and it's going to be great. So even if you want to come and hang and you don't get in and you haven't got a ticket, please come see us at Central Coast Leagues and the dates. Check out our Facebook. But what is open, what is available, is our Learn to Play MCP event in conjunction with Element Arcade up in Gosford. Great group there, and we hope to see some brand-new players loving and learning the new game and our Shatterpoint launch party in June, May. This is going to be huge. This is going to be yes. the epic scale of new people, new game system, and I think it is amazing. Absolutely, Pablo. We've even got some special pricing with Games Bandit there. Uh, he's been able to help us out for the launch party. We're working in conjunction with him. And just a little bit on that MCP event as well, that Learn to Play, I think there's only two or three spots left. So check out our Facebook group and, and get in there. Certainly. So let's let's bring it into the news. Uh, there hasn't been too much news this week. There was a big shatter point drop this week, lads, uh, where they talked about the gameplay and how that's going to work. We've decided that we're not going to do a big deep dive into that at the moment just because we are going to do a big deep dive episode on Shatterpoint. They also announced the Immortal Hulk for MCP. I want to just say, though, that while we're not going to deep dive, first impressions, it seems such an interesting, already grabbing kind of interesting aspects of different systems. And just the fact that they're talking about not even having like rounds, I mean, it's such a little thing that is so common in what we do and what we, how we approach games. I just wanted to jump in and just say, look, even that's got my attention. Just that, that little, little tidbit in of itself is, is pretty sweet. What about you, Curtis? Have you got any thoughts about the new Shatterpoint gameplay? Look, so far from what I've seen, I'm pretty keen for it. I'm really interested to see the order allocation and turn sort of mechanic in regards to the deck of cards. Seven cards is um, it's not a lot of cards to put into a stack, and there's been a lot of speculation in everyone's chat and a bit of the social media, but we'll, we'll get into it a bit more in the future, obviously, but at the moment... I'm pretty keen on what I've seen. Squad construction looks good. I'm real keen to see what comes out in two, three weeks' time at Adepticon. Are we thinking, are we going Maul? Are we going Ahsoka? Are we going Anakin? Or are we going Daddy Dooku? I am going Ahsoka the whole way. She is the core reason I really want to get in on it, and I'm even more excited that I can mix her with Maul as well. I know it might not have synergy, but... I mean, four blades is better than two, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I must admit, I am looking forward to CIS or Dooku and Ventress. Uh, the recent transition I've had into playing a bit more CIS and X-Wing, just starting off, it just made me really interested in the faction in a, in a way I hadn't expected. So while I love my Republic and... That's certainly something I play regularly enough. Uh, I'm actually more excited for the the, the bad guys. For the bad guys? Yeah. Bad yeah, guys, yeah, sure. Sure, they're sure. Good. It depends on your point of view, Pablo. Misunderstand. Yeah, Misunderstand. The, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear more about Shatterpoint. Uh, 
it's actually not that far away. Like we're, we're beginning of March. So it's really only three more months. And then it's going to be on our hands for our launch party. And we're going to see where we're up to with it. The second little bit of news that came out this week was the immortal Hulk for Marvel crisis protocol. Uh, as a newer player into MCP who didn't get the original Hulk, I am super psyched to get this. I've already been planning another team. So I currently play the web warriors. No, the web, foes spider foes not the web warrior not they're the good guys i play the spider foes they're the i can say they're the bad guys and looking into starting another faction and now that hulk's coming out i'm like well he's definitely going to be in that roster uh, so very much looking forward to that with is the spider foes like the sinister six yeah yeah there is some of them in there i believe not all of them are out I did play them at an MCP event, which I'll bring up uh, later on the episode. But yeah, they're, they're pretty much the Sinister Six without them all being out there yet. But they'll, I'm sure they'll make it. From what it sounds like, there'll probably be a Sinister Six one day. But that's we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to MCP. Um, okay. And the last little bit of news for the week is the pre-orders for Commander Cody for Legion have gone live. We haven't got an article on him yet. So his card was spoiled. We know what he does. We just don't have these command cards and judging on his base card and points, a lot is riding on his command cards. I feel for him to be a worthy inclusion in your Legion list. Do you think those command cards will also help those, uh, what are they called? Attachment or heavies that go with Wexler and what's the other guy? I forgot his name. Yeah. Boyle. I think it is. Look, uh, AMG seems to have instinctively put in extra command cards for extra uh, units within the game. So with Ventress, who's coming out next week, she's got a command card in her box for a unit that came out two years ago, who's Dooku, which when you read the card, it specifically just really helps him. So hopefully not only in Cody's box, we see command cards for himself, but maybe a little bit of help for our favorite general. Hello there, General Kenobi. Ooh, that would be very nice. That would really help me get back into that flavorsome legion that I like playing. Irregularly as it may be, it does does tempt me very much so. Curtis, uh, I think you had some comments on that. Oh, come on, seriously. Who enjoys playing with guys that just like to share things with each other? You've got to go out on your own. You've got to be that front runner that just wants to get the job done. Give me a Vader. <laughs> give me a Luke. Man, come on. Synergy is what the game is about. Come on. Sharing and synergizing. That's the whole game to me. It's all that exists. I'm a single faction, man. What do you want from me? I need, I need everything <laughs> to come full guard now. all right well let's crack into this week's topic uh both curtis and i went to some events on the weekend and uh, very different events in different parts of the state curtis can you give us a bit of a rundown on what red nova was like for x-wing yeah red nova was uh it was a good good little tournament for a bunch of the world's guys to get a bit of practice in it was unique from what we've seen, at least since I've started playing X-Wing, in the sense that the community that ran it did a custom event. So they actually built their own scenario. They brought their own little bits and pieces. And it was apparently a scenario that they played at their last event, 
that I'm aware you, Adam, were at, and I heard a few stories about one of the shenanigans you did in that scenario, but I'll get to that a little bit later when I touch on that spot because it was a really good story and you might remember it when I get to it. But um, we had three Worlds players there. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, he will remember it. I know he will. There was still some guy there uh, on the weekend who was suffering PTSD from it and I made him do the same thing that Adam did doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wearing my C4 shirt just to remind him where we come from. Yep. So Excellent. Yeah, that's the, that's the spirit. Let's get into the other communities, make sure they know. We'll leave a lasting impression. Right. Probably a good one, but we'll see how we go. It's the impression that matters. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, we had three Worlds players there. We had John Haynes, Dan Sunderland, and Akta Khan. Now, these three guys all earned their Worlds tickets in different places and in different ways. Actor is the fortunate one from Australia who actually won his flights and accommodation uh, at the World Qualifier in 2022. So he's really excited about that and being able to get over there on someone else's ticket, which, I mean, come on, who wouldn't be excited? It is great. It was eight that would be the total. only way that I would be able to go to Worlds, I think, if if I actually won that. I, I don't think my wife would let me... Because I'm pretty sure if I said to her, look, I'm going to America for a holiday, it would be all of us going to America for a holiday. Sure, but you just... I think that's pretty much the boat. You just drop her off somewhere she wants to go while you go again. Isn't that the plan for everybody? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's pretty much the boat that all of us are in. I think I made the same deal with my wife as well. If I, if I won the tickets, I could go. But if I just won an entry into it, it was a family holiday. Um so, yeah, we only had eight players. They had a maximum cap of 22. But the thing is, when I spoke to a lot of the guys who didn't get to attend, who specifically were going to Worlds and are still Sydney-based, a lot of them were trying to earn their family time because they're going to be away for one to three weeks, varying across the board. So that that's pretty fair. And I think from a TA perspective, that also sort of pictures to people, be really weary of the time you want to set an event. If you've got a massive thing like this coming up and you've got a big population of people that want to take part and you know that they really need to take part, maybe give them a bit more time so that they can attend the event. Um, I only went one and four, but I played all three Worlds qualifiers. So I'm not walking away with a one and four feeling absolutely terrible because I lost to the top three guys of the day. Um, yeah. But you, but you won. You won a game, yeah. What was you? Yeah, what against... were you flying? What were you flying? So I was. Uh, I'd actually sat down and built this list twenty minutes before it was due the night before. Um, I decided to swap factions up, and when we first starting order. to see why you're on the bottom of the <laughs> ELO table from Legion now. <laughs> like, yeah, twenty minutes for the. I'll just put. I'll, I'll swing a list together now. Um, hey, but you still won a game. Actually, that's pretty good. Respect, respect. Well. The big positive is that of Dan Sunderland, he was my first match and he, I hold him in quite high regard. I play with him on a weekly basis, as does Pablo up at uh, top right. Mm. And he's, he's an exceptional tactical player and he turned up with a list. I'm not going to spread too much information because I don't want to you know, share his little tricks. But he came with something that he's thinking about running at Worlds, but it's something that he knows people aren't going to expect to see. So he's going down the road of, you won't be ready for this, which we've seen work really, really well in X-Wing in, in past events as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, 
played Dan a number of times and my personal sort of last few weeks has been basically it's just trying things I haven't tried, just put things on the table that I don't necessarily think are good, but I have not seen the interactions work out against anything other than, you know, seeing it in my head. And in the times I've played Dan with something unusual, even I may have lost and crashed and burned, some of the interactions there he's really honed in on. He's really been able to bring out what it meant that that particular interaction might be in a better context or a better built list with better synergies. So I think Dan, as a player, as a list builder, as someone who's very interested in the in how the mechanics really work, is really good at bringing out that sort of unusualness uh, in a list and really playing it to its strengths. So 100% there on Dan being that type of player and bringing that unusualness to the fore and making it work. Yeah, and like you said, that's the type of player he is. He, he does that sort of stuff really, really well. Um, and he knows how to make just, just about anything work. But he knows, he, he has an idea of what he wants to pitch at, whether it's a number of ships or whether it's a number of hull or a number of red dice that he's throwing or green dice he's throwing. He knows something he wants to target. He works towards that and just tries to perfect it. Um, so he was flying Empire. That's about all I'll give you, but something quite unexpected. Um, it was really good to see John back flying something similar to what he does best. He was back at First Order again. I was flying First Order as well. So when the two of us were flying against each other, it was really interesting because, you know, um, I, I come in and out of all seven factions. I don't stick to one faction in X-Wing, to be honest. I'll probably stick with one for about three to four months, get at least 20, 30 games in with that faction and then move on to another one shortly after. I like mixing it up. I like the variety. It keeps me interested in the game. But... Um, yeah, it, between Dan and John, um, they were the two closest games that those guys had all day were the two games they played me. I think John and I only had a separation of three points and Dan's separation was four points. And in both games, there was we had 10 total ships on the board between both players and both players would lose ships, but we never had more than three ships off the board by the end of the game. So it was, it, it was a pretty tight game for me to only lose two out of five ships um, I still felt pretty proud of that. Actors dice, absolutely insane. He will tell you. Um, I rolled 12 green dice in the first two rounds and he killed a cloaked ship, range three, behind a rock, six green dice against three unmodded reds and he put all three hits through. Oh. So, and that was literally the end of it. What else do <laughs> you expect when you're versing actor? Like, he's the man. It was over round two. He took out my blackout silencer, start of round two engagement um, at I6 with Boba Fett from a range three shot. And I knew it was over from there. It was a really, really hard clawback. But um, yeah, what I'd like to do actually, just to push ourselves forwards a little bit quicker. There was zero Rebel lists. No one wanted to touch Rebel. There was zero CIS. So overall, we had representation really strong in the scum faction. Pretty much every scum list only had three ships. Two people ran double fire sprays. Another person ran a four ship with a rogue class and a single fire spray and a couple of fillers on the side. Um, we had two first orders. One resistance who flew exceptionally well, Matt Yearbury, actually. He came all the way down from Queensland to take part in this event. Wow. Um, which was absolutely wonderful. It's um, it's nice when you see community members that want to get involved like that. Like, it's a long trip. Was he going to Worlds? Is that guy going to Worlds yeah, as well? Yeah, my question. Yeah. I'm uncertain. Well, no, I asked the first. 
<laughs> Look, I can get to both of you, all right. I know how to manage kids, all right. Um, yeah, I'm not 100% certain about Matt. I'm more familiar with the New South Wales-based guys that are going to Worlds. I would have to check some of the resources in the background and get back to you on that one. But I would assume, he, given the driving, I would say either he's here because maybe he was here to visit family as well, um, or possibly he's going to Worlds and it was great practice for him, but I didn't personally have a chance to chat to him much. I was pretty busy doing other things. Um, but, yeah, the, the custom scenario. Now, this was something that was a point of contention um, because a lot of people weren't sure about it, but when I started playing it, it was actually really, really enjoyable. It had a few creases to iron out, things that we had some great jokes about and all that sort of stuff, but... Uh, overall, it was a giant moon in the middle of the play mat and you had to use an action to scan that moon. And if you ran into that moon, the consequences were significant. And this is where Adam might start to recall the event I'm about to share. Because if you run into the moon and you're a small base ship, you take a automatic crit and then roll two dice for a small base ship and receive matching damage. Three dice, for a Three dice for a medium and four dice for a large. Then you are turned around and placed perpendicular to the moon at which angle you hit and you skip your perform action step. Now, I remember a story from then about Adam actually being teamed up with someone when he was playing this scenario. And he and his partner playing a two-on-two -two in this scenario actually tracked it the same guy I played, Wayne, who helped organise the event, they deliberately tracked him into the moon. <laughs> Do you recall that one, Adam? This is going to make for an excellent podcast because I'm pretty sure that wasn't me. <laughs> like, like, I think he's got these Adams mixed up. Um, but we can maybe he means you. another it's big fine. redhead uh, Just... gentleman. Yeah, look, it does sound like something I would do. Like, I would definitely team up with someone to make someone else hurt. Yeah, that's sure. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that there's X-Wing happening. You know, we've, it, us as a C4 guys who put on events, you know, we've been on and off again about talking about X-Wing, but I think, yeah, it, it's great to hear that people are still keen for it. And hopefully we see that community grow and, yeah, see how worlds goes for everyone. I think two things that are really interesting about Red Nova in, in essence around having the balls to put a custom scenario into an event. It, it's certainly a brave part of being a TO and trying to bring people together because we've had our ups and downs with certain things that we've tried to do and there's a certain faction or a certain part of the community will be like, yes, I want to play something different than just standard things and you will be very vocal in that part of the community and you're trying to not please everyone but certainly trying to grab everyone to come together so it's definitely a big thumbs up for something like ATO to put up a custom to to try and do something a bit different not just the same four scenarios that exist with next wing or currently exist we hope to get some new ones certainly soon and I think that is possibly where, you know, you are trying to drive a different part of the community as bringing in people who are just want to play for fun rather than the competitiveness. And certainly that's probably something that you are looking for in to be a proportion of the community. But yeah, definitely want to give them props for 
taking that move and being ballsy and chucking that in as part of the event. And two, just listening to Curtis talk about that dice roll, uh, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, are we going to have a special dice segment? Are we going to table this as our overall dice stories? I think uh, it's going to come up. So think about it. Think about it. Do we need a, do we need a dice segment? I think, um, I think the concept of dice stories is potentially a really good little, good little topic to have a chat about. But um, I think that's enough of flying around in space. We need to land the Milano and get involved in some urban action, don't you think, Adam? Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about some MCP. Let's talk about the, let's talk about another tournament, an MCP tournament. So I went to my first ever MCP event uh, run by a gentleman named Mitchell Cat. Massive shout out to this guy. Running events out of the good games up at Maitland, doing all of the TO work by himself. And I don't, I'm not 100% sure of this, but I'm pretty sure he gave out a lot of the prizes to everyone off his own, you know, out of his own dime as well, whether they were alt art cards um, or some tokens and things like that. I'm pretty sure that all came from him. So, massive shout out to Mitchell putting on an excellent event up there. Not only did he organize it, TO it, judge it. He was also helping new people like me make optimal decisions, you know, make make the right choices as well. So that was really fun. Now, I'm going to tell you guys about my first game. In my first game, my opponent, for no fault of his own, was about 10 minutes late to the board. So I'm just hanging around watching other people play. And our game was done about 30 minutes before anyone else. So he smashed me. <laughs> He just he just took me to school. He, it's, when they start, you know, pulling cards out and telling you about abilities, and you're just there sitting there going, "Okay, mate, yep, I'll take your word for it." <laughs> he just absolutely wrecked me. Sure, he can jump uh, off but, a building and smash me down to the ground and disable me for rounds of yeah. over rounds. So the question has to be then: after you stating how bad that was. Which character getting their butt kicked hurt the most in that game? Well, I made a very poor decision list building because how it kind of works is you bring a squad of 10, you look at the objectives, you look at what your opponent's running, and you pick the squad that's best going to match the objective. I made a major mistake. I'm going to go into the details, but I made a major mistake, and he knew exactly what I did wrong, and he just capitalized on it. So I've come out of that game, you know, all right, well, that's a loss. That's okay. We're going to, we're going to round two. I used the exact same army as well this time. I didn't, didn't make a single change. I'm like, I know these guys enough. Um, and round two, I versed a gentleman who, back in the day when I was playing X-Wing 1.0, this guy was my first ever tournament opponent. And we brought it up mid-game, and I was he was he just smashed me as well. But in that second game, I was able to he you know with his help, I was able to get the win. And then the third game, I was able to get the win again with it, with learning lessons from rounds one and two. Probably the biggest thing for me, like you, before you mentioned Curtis, that there was not a lot of representation with the Rebels and the CIS ARX wing event. Everyone at the event brought a different faction because there's a lot of factions in MCP. Everyone just seemed to be playing what they loved, and that was kind of the best thing. There was like a lot of mix, you know, one guy would be running a character that another guy would have, but the overall factions of the characters 
all seemed to be different. There was very little overlap. So when you talk about factions and MCP, then obviously it works dynamically different than what Legion or X-Wing or even some of the other systems that we're familiar of is implying, I guess. So how does that break down? Like what, what is there an infinite number of factions or is it a defined number of factions? So every character in general is part of one or more, let's call them factions or teams. And so for my guys, Green Goblin, he's the leader of the spider foes, but he's also part of the criminal syndicate. So every list you need to bring a leader. So I can bring a spider foes leader and bring a bunch of spider foes and they will use Green Goblin's ability, his leadership ability. Or I can bring another leader who is Daredevil from the, from the criminal syndicate. And even though Green Goblin's his own leader, I'm bringing him under Daredevil and we can use his faction ability rather than Green Goblin's, if that kind of makes sense. So you, you choose your faction leader and as long as you've got enough people in your squad, the overall majority in your squad are part of that faction, you get to use that leader, which is really a lot of fun. Nice, nice. So you mentioned Daredevil, then obviously Daredevil to me is a hero, but in this instance, he can be bad as well. Yeah, there was a really awesome comic book run called The Shadowlands Daredevil, uh, where he kind of joins the criminal syndicate to kind of infiltrate it a little bit and becomes their de facto leader. So they've brought him, there's actually two versions of Daredevil in MCP. There's the, you know, the, the guy who works with the spider, spider friends, and there's the guy who runs the Shadow Collective, the Shadow Shadowlands Daredevil. And that's the guy that I like. As long as they're evil, they're in my team, and that's what I'm okay with. Nice. Nice. I like it. Dig it. Dig the, the, the dual faction kind of uh, sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I like to do with, with my... I just... Like, really, anyone... They've got to interest me to play them. Uh, there are definitely some meta, meta squads and meta, meta heroes, but... As long, I think as long as you're playing the guys that you, you like to play, because the thing about MCP is as long as you're playing the same guys over and over, like if you could play the same guys over and over again, you'll get better at the game. Yeah. Was there, um, was there much chat amongst the guys about if anyone was actually making the trip over on the MCP side of things for Adepticon or anything like that, even just to go over and be part of the festivities or? Look, it didn't really come up, especially, I guess, because there's no worlds for MCP. We're at Adepticon. I think that's at LVO. I could be wrong. But yeah, there, was, there wasn't a lot of chat about that at all. No. And that's... Yeah, I, I think that's just because the Star Wars are doing the LVO. Like, you know, that's the LVO for Worlds. And there's a lot of chatter going on with the Star Wars guys, but yeah, uh, not so much with MCP. And I, I'm, I guess we, as a C4, we're pretty new to MCP. So, you know, we're, we're learning about those communities. We're learning about those groups as well. All right. Well... That was our events for the day, but we do have a topic that I've been looking forward to getting to, which is called getting Curtis off the bottom of the ELO ranking table. Now for our friends at home. I just jump in though and figure that we need a better, better, better title for that. We, we, you know, we, we're, we're in the current of like naming things what it is stage of, of the podcast and <laughs> that is definitely too long. So, Nistleness, if you've got a better topic name, better, better label for this, drop it into our socials. 
I've got an idea for you. What about Order 78? Order 78. Because you're the rank 78 on the ELO table? Okay. <laughs> Hang on a second, though. Right. So I was just very quickly before we get into this, uh, this personal development story, I was sitting in the car having a chat with um, Pam's parents the other day. And uh, sharing your rankings. Turned around and I went, yes. no, 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 no. I, I said to him, I said, guess what? The rankings came out for the Asia Pacific the other day, and I'm 78th in the Asia Pacific region. Pam was about to say, and guess where that is on the table? I had to mute the phone as quick as I could <laughs> and tell her, don't spoil it. Now, all of a sudden, her parents are really excited about me playing Legion and tabletop games because they think that 78 is a really good number for that region. Talking about people being unusually impressed with your our shenanigans, I mean, it's all over my kids' social media and friend network that I'm podcasting now. Uh, they all wanted to be on the show. They all want to start playing the game. They all want to understand how they get famous so uh, also idea is like you know how do i get my kids to actually play this game properly but you know that's for a later podcast but yeah you know people are strangely surprised Abs, i love that you just claim that you're now famous and look we're recording our first episode mate so well done that's the spirit mate no, you're no. gonna be in the right headspace to succeed and you've just absolutely nailed it mate oh, yeah, well done. Yeah, there's nothing like being a minute fish and even a molecular sized pond it's brilliant so an ELO ranking is a ranking system that's named after Arpad ELO, ELO, butchered his name. He was a Hungarian-American physics professor, and he used this to calculate the relative skill of players in zero-sum games such as chess. So the guys from the Fifth Trooper have brought over this ELO way of measuring players and have done it for the Asia-Pacific ranking. Once, you, once you've been to 10 fairly big tournaments, uh, you're, on, you're made on the list. So I'd like to tell you, Curtis, a story about how I found out that you were on the ELO table. And for the people at home who do know about the ELO table, it really doesn't matter. It's just a fun way to, to like talk to each other about things like this. But anyway, I was, I was in my chambers slumbering, you know, resting when suddenly the Discord, the C4 Discord, bursts a light with chatter of the updated ELO rankings and the C4 squad name being within the ELOs as well. I, I go over to the computer and I start scrolling. I notice that Steve Gibb is number two, C4 member Steve Gibb, number two, Daniel Downing, C4 member and podcast host, Daniel Downing, number six, then I start scrolling and I must scroll for what's almost an eternity before I get to rank 78, Curtis Coggins, Coggo88, Eternity C4 Squad. Is a brilliant perfume, by the way. So, you know, it's, it's a positive association. Got to take it that way. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a positive way, Pablo, no. Um, this was an eternity to find his name and he's right down the bottom of it. So we need to do something to get him off this immediately. We can't have a C4 podcast host at the bottom of the ELO ranking. So I asked him to put up what he was thinking about for our Imperial March event. So this Saturday, we're running a 16 player 
Legion tournament, which we like to do up at the Central Coast Leagues Club. Really looking forward to it. Next week, we're going to do a complete breakdown of how we got to the tournament, like how we created it, and then the obviously tournament itself. But let's have a look at your list. So you've you've gone a you've submitted two lists. Both have Darth Vader, which I will 100% agree with there. And then you've got a mix of either speeder bikes or Jubaks. The first now the first list with the Imperial Officer, Operative Vader, and Speeder Bikes, that's a very close to being uh the elephant in the room, which is Blizzard Force Curtis. So I think either let's commit to Blizzard Force and let's just go go down that unholy route. Uh or your other list here, which is Vader, Bosk, and a couple of Jubaks. I think I like that a little bit more. I think that's a little bit more your style. What where are you leaning towards with these two lists? So the Vader Bosk one, I made, I actually just, I, I did make it in light of Imperial March. It was what I made to play at Imperial March. And then I played another one of our podcasters, Adam Brown, a week ago. And he said, what list are you taking to Imperial March? And I put this list in front of him on the table at TTS. And he said, no, nah, go with Rebels. So then I played the rebel list and at the end he went, no, nah, go back to Empire. And now he's <laughs> telling me that the list that he didn't like that night on the table in a TTS game is the better list of what I've got. Blizzard Force-wise, I'm just, I know how effective they can be. And I know how great Steady is as a keyword. I'm just not a fan of Snowtroopers. And I know a lot of people who play Empire especially all the Blizzard Force guys likely to turn up this weekend. Probably think I'm mental and I'll bang my head or something, but I just don't like them. Yeah, it, it sounds like you've banged your head there a little bit. Um, <laughs> typically in the uh, Blizzard Force list, the Snow Troopers are definitely more of a filler to get the activations up and to have a, a neutral kind of target. Probably the only thing I could talk about with these two lists, and we'll put them in the show notes as well. Um, they don't have... they've They've got a lot of kind of like this, like you look at your stormtroopers, which having five stormtroopers with the HH12 or the five stormtroopers with the extra stormtrooper. It's, I think you need a little bit more variety in there. And I'm, I'm a massive fan of having everyone be the same. But when you're taking five core units, maybe make a couple more stronger and a couple more weaker, just so you got a couple that can go to those back, back objectives. And then you go to the other ones who are a bit more offensive and they can do, you know, they're a little bit more powered up. But yeah, I liked out of the two lists there, if I was going to bring speeder bikes or Jubaks, I would either bring the Blizzard Force speeder bike list or I'd go with that Jubak list and just have a little bit of fun, especially with Bosk. Bosk will destroy a speeder bike, at least one. So I'm looking forward to sharing your results after Imperial March, Curtis and hopefully making some predictions about where you're going to be on the ELO ranking, whether it's still at the bottom or a slight move. All you're going to do is beat one guy on the list and you're up. You're up, mate. You're off, off and running. Well, I mean, seriously, 10% of the guys on the ELO list are actually attending the event. So, I mean, my odds are pretty solid, aren't they? <laughs> odds are very solid. Look, number one and two on the list are also coming. So... Uh, let's just hope you don't get, just don't get versed into them, mate. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. No, well, the thing is, right, for anyone who's not aware of the ELO rankings, the higher the person's ranked on the list, the more points you get 
when you flog them. And I'm not saying if, I'm saying when, because I know I'm going to do it. So <laughs> if I go up against Steve Gibb and I flog him, he might end up lower than you at the end of the day, Adam, and I might shoot up into the top 50. So let's just wait and see. Yeah, I'd actually really like it if you could actually organize that. Um, anything to get my rank up, especially because I'm not playing, that would be really helpful. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you for, for jumping in there and helping us out. Speaking about jumping in and helping us out, I think we're going to move on to some listener questions now. We are. Uh, we are definitely. Curtis, do you, want to read out the do you want to read out our first listener question? Okay, so we threw this out to all the guys and we've got some really great ones. So our first one here we've got is um, how do you all prepare for a tournament? And I'd like to elaborate a little bit on this one is, you know, there's not just building lists. There's also if you're playing something competitive, like we know MCP hasn't got anything at Worlds and, you know, it hasn't got that stigma around it yet, but something like Legion and X-Wing that is so competitive and people really go crazy about doing well, how do you get your brain into the right gear? So not just list building, but how do you get your head around it as well and prepare? Um, probably you've got the most experience out of all of us, Adam, in terms of competition, tournaments across various game styles. So I'm going to throw to you first and foremost for this one because you've probably got a lot to share with us. I am so nervous before any event, whether it's a local event or a CanCon I am the most nervous guy. If you talk to me before an event, I will be very quiet because I think the scariest game of the whole tournament is that first round where you can either be paired with the newest person or the person who's going to win the event. How I prepare though is I, I make sure that I know what I'm going to bring as far as list. I build it very early. So I build, I get all my minis and all my cards. And I build it really early just so I know in the back of my head, yeah, if I can bring my bag, I can bring my tournament bag and just be ready for that event. That's how I prepare. What about you, Pablo? For me, it is usually whether I've decided to be competitive or whether I've decided to be party mode i guess is the way i would describe it and certainly if i am going to be competitive if i'm intending to be competitive i just say i'm not actually regularly competitive <laughs> in my results but certainly it is nothing particularly unusual but certainly committing to that list or that style of list early in order to actually get the habits down so for me that it isn't really about like seeing it in my head or the technicality it's just about that almost muscle mental memory about this is what happens in this sort of order for this sort of trigger. This is the order that they should do the action in or do the movement in. And certainly it is very X-Wing oriented. It's what I've been, I've been, that's, those are the events I've been to the most in a competitive situation, a couple of Vita, a couple of Legion things. But on the other side of party pubs going to a tournament it is like where are we staying what are we drinking how are we hanging who's going to be there how many c4s can we scream in the night but certainly there have been strange overlaps in those two situations where i've gone in a party mode and done relatively all right competitively when i want to go competitive and done pretty shit so who knows maybe uh, i've got to combine the two to actually get good yeah it's weird that you mentioned that because when i went to cancon I swapped my list the night before 
and did very well at CanCon with it. And the best I ever went at X-Wing was coming, I think, I think it was the top eights at a major event. Same thing, swap my list the night before. So maybe the way that I need to start preparing for tournaments is just swapping a list the night before, just any old shit, just get it out of the, get out of the box and bring it. Curtis, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, for me, I don't feel like I get the nerves, to be honest. The, the very, very first one, I did have nerves. But I then saw some of my playmates that I interact with on my weekly basis and I didn't get to go to world qualifiers, but I was watching the results like a hawk while I was away, just refreshing the tables and watching it. And these guys that were normally so cool and calm and collected and just so good at what they did, they let their nerves get the best of them. And I just sat there and I went, right. Okay, so I've got that under control. I don't get nervous. But my thing is, like what you said, Pablo, it's all about that repetition. So, like, with Legion, I'm still pretty new. I'm still trying to get that those reps in. I'm still trying to figure it out and find where I belong in list building. But in X-Wing, I know the archetype that suits me. I know what I want to fly. And then if I've got my mindset on a faction, it's just about that repetition, just to remember who does what. And I normally get better towards the end of a day because I've gotten smoother with my interactions. Well, that's a good segue actually into our second listener question about etiquette at new, for new players coming to new tournaments and some of the tips that we might have uh, to approach a tournament as a new player. So I think that's very much everyone will be a new player at some version of a new tournament and adam having just been a new player sort of to a new tournament please for me i over prepare and i've got all my tools in boxes and i've got all my minis magnetized to a metal base in another box i definitely go overboard for my tournament preparation and i think as a new player really have a think about how you're going to get from one table to the next table to the next table. How you're going to make it easy for your opponent to understand not only what you're running, but what you're doing. And what I mean by that is with your minis, you know, making sure for Legion, they're color coded. You know, even if you haven't painted your, your minis or whatever, being able to say, all right, well, this is a squad and this is another squad, you know, typically by color. Just little things like that that are going to make your day easy and are going to make your opponent's day easier. Some of like the worst part, like I know people have felt really bad in the past because they get to a table, all their cards are jumbled. They're trying to get themselves sorted well as well, having to remember the rules and how to actually start a game. And I think probably the biggest bit of etiquette for any new player to learn is just go, hello, I'm really new. Can you help me out with... How do we set up again? I can't 100% remember. Just talk. You'll find that most people at most tournaments are going to be really chill about that and probably be happy that versus a newer player and be like, yeah, I'll give you a hand, show you the ropes kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing I learned at my very first tournament was how important it was to be able to get from table to table in a neat and tidy way. And I mean, look, at Red Nova... I was trialing a new method of carrying my stuff around and I spilled about 40 cardboard tokens all over the floor in between tables. So that was a bit embarrassing. But, you know, 
I, I, I was trying a new method. I knew what worked for me, but I thought I'll try something new just in case it's more efficient. And with a bit tweaking, yeah, it will be. But you notice it even more in Legion as well. And there was this one young guy that I played against um, last December at an, uh, another X-Wing event. And I play online with his father as well on a regular campaign. And it was great to see his kid playing. But the one thing you noticed about him was his side of the table was not very organised. So he couldn't read his own cards. He couldn't look at a picture on a card and remember it had a trigger. He struggled to play a fluid gameplay, which hindered him more because he didn't know when something was supposed to trigger. He didn't know how to run his list well because he blinded himself by his organisation or, or lack thereof. And it was something that his father kept mentioning to him, you know, try and be organised, put your templates back in the tray, keep your tokens out of the way, spread your cards out so you can see the text and see the pictures to remind you. I would say if I was to give one piece of advice to a really, really new player, that's probably the biggest one I would give you. Keep your side of the table, your play space, keep it well organised because if you're well organised, you'll be able to focus on the important stuff more. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> what, what, about, what about you? What about you, Pablo? What are you, what's your hot tips for new, new players etiquette? So communicating both what you are trying to do, like the intent, I'm revealing this dial for this thing, or I'm making this, I'm activating this squad and it's moving here and it's staying at range two. A lot of times people will do the action or new players will be so in their minds and possibly think that they're revealing their strategy to a degree. But realistically, it is making it clear about what's happening on the board. So if you accidentally put down the wrong token as a new player or you do the wrong thing unintentionally, you can have that open conversation with your opponent and they will, as you said before, Adam, nine times out of ten be very happy to help you along very happy to explain some of the mechanics interactions. some of the things are getting wrong i found this when i went to the world's qualifier for armada which was my first armada tournament and i haven't been playing armada that long and certainly being comfortable in being in that spot and saying this is my first thing i know very little about what's going on in armada fundamentally and trying to do something and then someone saying oh that's not the way it works you've got to add the dice after do x or blah 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 what i'm saying is that you can be open with your opponent without doing a strategy and as a new player it will help you get better it will help you put that muscle memory mental memory about how the systems work and how the abilities work much it will help you better than that in your in your mind and in your play style and it certainly makes it a lot clearer when you go oh i thought that focus was on that yeah yeah you said focus on that ship over there or that that was a unit that had the aim token, all those type of things that if you are clear about that statement when you're doing it, there's less ambiguity and there's a lot more communication and helping you develop as a player. So that worked a treat for me. With our next listener question and our final listener question, do you play what you like or do you follow meta trends and build your lists accordingly? And if I was a new player, I would 100% play what you like, but play what you like over and over again so myself i really like v2 units in legion and i played them 
a lot. <laughs> you, and, you're an Adam B2 and, Brown. Sure, surely that's what we're going to call you going forward. <laughs> I'm the second B in B2. No. <laughs> but just one. from playing the unit... <laughs> From playing the unit over and over again, you, you learn how they interact with anything and everything else that's in the game. And you're able to develop your own internal strategies about how to deal with things. So if you're a new player, and I, I see this all the time, like a new player will get into the new, whether it's X-Wing or Legion or Armada and go, I really like this game, so I'm going to go buy one of everything or two of everything. Just play what you want to play and like it, because you, once you start playing it, once you get the repetitions in, and you start winning with the, with the things that you really like and love. That's that's when I think the game really comes alive. What about you, what about you Curtis? Are you a meta follower? I think you've already kind of mentioned it, though. You're not really too much of a meta follower, are you? I honestly do not like to follow the meta. I like to have a bit of ownership over what I do, to be honest. Like, and I think. Pablo probably sees it more than anyone else in the C4 group because we play X-wing. On a, on a weekly basis pretty much together and I never turn up with anything that looks like it's going to win a world championship but I find something that I just enjoy and I just keep playing it like I, I have one list in X-Wing that everyone looks at and it literally looks like the dog's breakfast but it just works for me because I enjoy the chassis I've got I know how they can play together. And again, like everything we've said at other points in this conversation and in this podcast, if you know it and you enjoy it, one, even if you lose, you're going to enjoy your game at the end of the day because you've played something you like. But two, you're more likely to win because you play it so often because you like it. And I think that's something a lot of new players need to do. I mean, I have played Empire for about nine months now since i started legion i started with empire and my rule was i will play it till i've painted everything and until i've painted enough rebels to play rebels and now i'm struggling to let go of empire because i'm enjoying them so much yeah look i think there are very good points in that approach what i will say for playing the meta or taking a meta list to any sort of tournament that you might be going to or even casual nights whatever it is you know if if the intent isn't to you know curb stomp anybody but just to understand what a meta list might be doing some of the things that that list brings to any particular type of you know in in x-wing there's four different scenarios in legion i don't know how you would quantify the different variables that come into how you how the game plays out but obviously the different objectives and different conditions Armada has something broadly similar to that I like taking a metal list occasionally in in general terms I think it's a fun way to actually experience what something powerful could do against other things in the game I occasionally enjoy being able to pull off some of the intricacies of those lists and really go, oh, right, this is why this is so dirty or disgusting and sure, I'm going to put it away, but it was fun in the moment. So I like it for that. I certainly am not in anywhere top level or anything, so nothing about coming out results, but, yeah, medalists can illuminate stuff that you may not have seen. Yeah, but 
the thing I noticed was you were playing Galactic Conquest, a game style that was made up by an American podcasting group, and you were playing Empire week after week after week, and you got really, really good at it mm. because you were playing it so often. But it was also part of a campaign that you were really enjoying playing with other people in a non-competitive style, in a more story style and you brought that to the competitive side. So you sort of had that personal attachment to it, but you also had all those reps as well. So you had the best of both worlds at that point. That was true. That, uh, and props to Fly Better and uh, Ryan Farmer, because some of those scenarios, I've, I've, I still think about them, some of those scenarios, and unfortunately got cut short, I don't remember what exactly happened, but some of them were very, very good. And they, I think scale within even with 2.5 is at the moment from X-Wing point of view, but you're right. Like that interceptor list with, uh, you know, stuff that no one flies. I haven't seen any sort of list anywhere. And I, you know, again, I find better occasionally and I look at this fortress, which is an online resource for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Google that and you'll see what, you know, everyone posts for the list for X-Wing. You know, this, people don't fly Lieutenant Larry or don't fly, um, it's not like this, nice piece, yeah, it's nice piece because Wampa was so good, right? But I, to your point, put it in those lists as, uh, as a way of practicing this campaign, and yeah, it surprised everyone. And I was beating the Dans and the Johns and the Tims at uh, you know, weekly league, so you're right, there is a there is an implicit improvement to the way you play when you repeat something and take things that people don't expect because they don't know what it does, they don't know how it interacts with your list. That was a good list, actually. Thanks for bringing it up, Curtis. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, you, you stomped me a few times with that list, but it was really, really... Like, I don't mind getting stomped when I see someone enjoying what they're doing. It really doesn't hurt as much. Actually, Adam dropped into an X-Wing C4 event and thought, oh, you know what I'm going to take? I'm going to take this Anakin Y-Wing with Shatter Shot and Trick Shot and roll six dice at me and be so happy that... He would just take interceptor after interceptor after list. And then I went, you know what? That time log you think you have, you don't have it anymore, Adam Brown. That is not for you. I, I was just thinking about that game as well, how you... Was that at the height of your practicing? That was like yeah. four or five reps into that list against good players. You schooled me. You schooled me. I was actually really shocked at how well you played that game. Now hearing that you had done multiple reps against really good players, and then you came to me, the guy who just wanted to run all the big ships into you. Yeah, it, it really shows. I think that I think this proves the point that, you know, play what you love and get the reps, rep up. Nice, nice, yes. So we did have one more question about how to defeat Joel, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this uh, round. We'll get to Joel. Ooh, Joel's on the list. Don't, don't you worry, Joel. You're out there. And with that, we are out of time for this week's Rounds Are Up podcast. I want to thank my co-host, Adam Curtis. Thank you, boys. And all of you listening. No, you're welcome. Yeah, it was really great to be here for the first episode. And we're going to be having a bit of a roaming cast to kind of keep things fresh. But yeah, honored to be here for our first episode. Yep, absolutely wonderful, guys. Like, it was, like Adam said, really, really happy to be able to be part of this big occasion for the community and our, our group in general. 
really looking forward to hearing the rest of our future together and bringing the game to everyone around us. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to this inaugural podcast. Come find the welcoming and helpful Seat Fourth God on our Discord, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube streams. Thanks, of Flame Penguin. Links will be in the show notes. Take care, roll well, and as always, C4! 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 Thank you all for listening to the Rounds Are Up podcast by C4 Squad. Make sure to give us a review on your platform of choice and hope all of your roles are natty crits. Thank you and goodbye.